am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for an amazing day. Thank you for an amazing word. Thank you for the spirit of God who's here. Thank you, Father, for doing exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house and you may be seated at home. Today, if you have not figured it out, is a very special day for Word of Truth Family Church because today our church is 17 years old. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? 17 years ago, on this very day, March the 27th, we had our first church service and look at where we are. And I said something in the email that I gave to everybody when I sent it out. I I said that our past provides us with memories, but our future allows us to dream. Say amen to that. And I've never been more excited as the senior pastor and founder of Word of Truth Family Church than I am today because I know that the greater days that we have are ahead of us. And so today just happens to be also our annual giving Sunday. And I know this is going to be different. And this is where uh, as a church family, we get together and we sacrificially give towards some things that God has put on my heart. And so if you got the uh, the email this past week, uh, I listed the four areas of the things that we're going to use uh, the money that comes in to do. And I'm very aware. Look at your neighbor and say, he's very aware. I'm very aware of of how sensitive this subject can be regarding giving. And I'm also aware that we probably have some people in the house and some people who are watching that are visitors. Uh, But I I want you to do something because, uh, you know, don't log off. If you're watching, don't log off. And and then if if you're in the house, don't doze off. Okay? Because just because you're visiting doesn't mean... God doesn't want to do something in your life. So last week, everybody say last week. Last week when I wasn't here, uh, I was actually participating as the speaker at another church's giving day. And uh, today, you know, you'll see a a slightly different side of Pastor Evan because uh, the way I operate when I'm not at our church is different a little bit from how I'm here. See, when I talk out there, I don't have to come back and see them. But, but I have to come back and see you. So I, sometimes I, I give things in bite-sized pieces at our church, but I don't do that when I'm going somewhere. And so I was in my uh, hotel room uh, praying, and the Lord spoke to me and says, Evan, there's somebody that you need to challenge to give $10,000. Now, how many of you know that's, that's, that's not a normal amount for people to be giving money, right? And uh, this church was a whole lot smaller than our church. And so uh, he says, and if they obey me, then you give $10,000 on behalf of Word of Truth Family Church. Well, I didn't know if I wanted him to, wanted them to, to participate or not. <laughs> but I stayed in faith, though. I'm like, okay, 
Okay, so I got there and I preached the message and uh, lo and behold, I got to the end and I said, you know what, there's somebody here that the Lord is challenging you to give $10,000. I said, if you're here, just stand up. And this lady just popped up with her envelope and she said, and then after, you know, right when that happened, the place erupted. And then I said, you know what, the Lord told me if you obey for, for me to give 10 grand. And then after that, it, it was all over. But, but here's my point. This lady... That was on Sunday. On Monday, she gets a call from her CPA because she was a businesswoman. As a matter of fact, when she gave, uh, a prophetic word came to me uh, regarding her about some real estate. Well, she called the pastor. Uh, oh, oh, let me back up. She gave the 10000 And then later on, she got motivated again and gave another ten. I said, now this is a visitor. Touch your neighbor and say, are you a visitor? This was a visitor. I'm like, wow. So she called. Wait a minute now. It gets it gets better. So she she called the pastor because at the end of service she texted a message that said, uh, and I didn't know it was her, but she texted a message to the pastor and said, if we don't reach, if y'all don't reach y'all's goal, I will pay the rest of the, or give the rest of the, uh, the budget. Now their, their amount was a hundred thousand. So I didn't know where they were. So anyway, she called the pastors on Monday and said, Hey, come by and pick up the difference of the check. Uh, and when they came by, she had given $44,000. Watch this though. That day, her CPA called her and said, are you expecting any money to hit your account? She was like, n n not right now. She said, well, I don't know what's going on with you and the business, but you just got an extra $100,000 in your bank account. Come on, somebody say, that's going to happen to me. That's going to happen to me. Amen. So this is going to be a different kind of service. And, and so uh, if you're visiting, this is not how normal service feels or looks like, but I believe God's here. Amen. Amen. So here's what's going to happen. I, I'm going to give a message and some of my points are going to be related to giving and receiving. And I believe these points, I'm going to call them power points, are going to encourage you. I believe they're going to motivate you. I believe also they're going to challenge you. However, what is going to happen that makes the message a little different is that I'm going to have some inserts in, diff in different activities and different ways that I'm going to communicate this. And so as I'm teaching these PowerPoints, three things are going to happen. Everybody say three things. Three things are going to happen. Number one, I will use some videos, some photos, or some testimonies to emphasize a point. Number two, I will be reading gifts, just like I did earlier, of our members and partners who decided to give. If they gave us their name, that's the reason why we are actually publicizing it. They gave us permission. And then number three, we will be providing live updates with the totals and celebrate along the way. And so just like I said in my letter, listen, I want you to say this with me. Say, giving is not about the amount as much as it is about my obedience. So if you're ready to take this amazing journey, I'm actually going to start out this morning with uh, a testimony. Everybody say a testimony. 
I, I want to start out with the testimony because, you know, testimonies do things that uh, preaching doesn't do. What testimonies do is that they actually confirm the word. You know, the Bible says that Jesus will confirm the word with signs following. Everybody say signs. Signs following. So I, this, this, this testimony is amazing. I almost started crying this morning when I read it because uh, I know this couple and they have been around for quite some time. So I'm going to read it. My head's going to be down. I'm going to try to look up every now and then. But I want you to receive this testimony. So it says this. Uh, Dear Pastor Evan, we can hardly believe we've been members of Word of Truth Family Church for 10 years. Everybody say 10 years. Already, and we couldn't be more thrilled to share how God has blessed our family. Over the years, you've spoken about giving in a way we've never heard before. And each year, we've seen God increase our giving like never before. We remember when you would say, people say they can't afford to give, but the truth is they can't afford not to. This was us. So we tried it several times and saw God bless our family like never before. On one particular example was Sunday in August of 2015. You spoke about having asking status from your giving. We were believing in buying our first home and needed thousands of dollars to do so and didn't have a penny to our name. But we were believing in God for a breakthrough so we gave what we had. Now, we could not see what was going to happen, but we had faith. Everybody said they had faith. And so it says that we had found a house of our dreams, and it was brand new, just what we asked God for. The problem was we didn't have the money to put down on it. We called our realtors, Dennis and Melinda Miller. They're my realtors too. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And just like you, and we have other realtors in the house that are good realtors. Praise the Lord. Uh, With us, she didn't say all of that. I just don't want to, you know, you know, this ain't my testimony. This is theirs. All right. So let me just read it. And so it says uh, that same week, that Wednesday, we've gotten a phone call from a complaint that we totally forgotten about from over a year ago that was pending an investigation from a job which forced me to quit. Not only did the lady speak about my job paying back my salary due to the circumstances, but paying back my salary from the day I quit until the, until the next year when I started my new job. Almost nine months of salary, and she made them double it. Oh my, for the first time, we were literally speechless and knew it was God. Upon receiving the checks, we gave again and still had more than enough to get our home and to fully furnish it. Come on, that's work. If you need some furniture, you need... See, listen, listen. God struggles to bless haters. Let's say you needed some furniture and your girlfriend got some new furniture and she showed you the picture. You better watch how you respond. Because if your response is, oh yeah, I see that, she don't need that, she's just bragging. See, what God sees is, oh wow, they don't like new furniture. So I'm not going to bless them with any. So, it's, they say, you taught, that was just an in-between insert. You taught us about tithing and offering. My husband 
will literally make sure I don't spend any money when we are paid until he gives first. We are true believers in giving our first fruit. And in your words, if you uh, give out first to God, he will never put you last. Giving Sunday is no different. We pray and ask God for an amount each year to give. And we give just that and we see him work in ways unmanageable, including having, watch this, over 80000 in student loans between the both of us and becoming completely debt-free in 2018. Come on, if you got a school loan, if you got some school loans, woo-hoo, woo! Praise the Lord. I cancel school loans in Jesus' name. They go on to say, we are just two small kids who decided together we had no other choice but to keep believing, praying, giving, and God has truly blessed our family. We could honestly go on and on about what God has done over the years, but we would be all day sharing with you. You have taught us how to have faith and dream, and to be honest, we didn't have any other choice but to believe that God was going to do something big in our lives, which, by the way, they sold that house, and now they're in a bigger dream house. The key is patience. It may not come when you want it, but it always has been there on the right time. This year, you spoke about giving the biggest offering you've ever given, and it inspired us to do the same. We knew it was God because we both had the same number to give. See, that's confirmation. When husband and wife, it ain't about the amount. It's in obedience. This Sunday, the Patillo family are thrilled to give $10,000 seed for our giving Sunday. We're so excited. We couldn't wait to give. And just like before, we knew that God would do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. Pastor, thank you. Thank you for being such an incredible pastor and teaching us about faithful tithing and offering givers. It inspired us to give more and more and let God do the rest. We love you. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. So if you're taking notes, I did not give notes out this morning, but they are online. If you're taking notes or you want to go back and watch it, the first point is giving is the will of God for our lives. Giving is the will of God for our lives. And either we never think about it that way or we never process it that way that it is the will of God. And God, listen, will never ask us to do something if it wasn't part of his will. Can you agree with me on that? It is his will for us to give. And so what I'm going to do is they're going to put 1 Kings 17, 7 back on the board. Now, this was something that Pastor Polo, this was a story he used. And by the way, it was one of the same stories I use out of town. But I want to point this out to you because the reason most people struggle with giving it's because they don't really know or believe that it is the will of God for their life. First Kings 17, 7, it says, And it came to pass, after a while the brook dried up, because there had been no rain uh, in the land. And the word of the Lord came to uh, uh, Elijah and said, Hey, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zion, and I want you to stay there. Watch this. Because I have commanded, everybody say commanded. I've commanded a widow woman to sustain you. So I have a question for you. Here's the question. Do you think when God is commanding something to be done, that it would be his will? Yeah, it's not a suggestion. Uh-oh, here's Vanna White. Oh, we had a hundred. Come on up here. Come on. Yeah. 
Come on, stand up to your feet right now. We're at a hundred. Yes. Thank you. That's good stuff right there. Yes. That is the will of God right there. So, if God is commanding somebody to do something, then that means it must be part of his will. Because he's never going to ask us to do something that's outside of his will. Can you say amen to that? I mean, the Ten Commandments, when he gave the children of Israel the Ten Commandments, we could say that that was his will. So, I believe that when he commanded this widow woman to feed Elijah, it was the will of God for her life. And so, I'm going to read now verse 9 again. But I'm going to insert where it says commanded. I'm going to insert the will of God. He says, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon. And I want you to stay there, Elijah. He said, because I have commanded. It is my will, listen church, that a widow woman sustains you there. And so he rose in verse 10 and went to Zarephath. And he came to the gate of the city. And he found his widow woman. She was gathering sticks. And she called and she says, fetch me, I pray, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, hey, bring me, I pray, a little morsel of bread. A little morsel of bread. Or a morsel of bread in your hand. And verse 12, and she said, everybody say, she said. She said, as the Lord your God live, watch this, I have not a cake, but a what? Let me ask you a question. Is a handful a lot or a little? It's a little. And then she says, I have a handful of meal in a barrel. And then how much oil, church? Come on, church. How much? A little, a little oil. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it, that me and my son may eat it and die. And Elijah says, fear not. Go and do what you've said. But make me thereof how much? A little cake. Well, it sounds like he's asking for everything. She said, she told the man of God, she only had what? And then how much is he asking her for? Doggone it, greedy man of God. He says, I know, go ahead and make you, but I want you to make me one first. And then bring it to me, and then afterwards make one for you and your son. For thus says the Lord, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day the Lord sends rain. And then verse 15 says, she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat what? Many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither shall the, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word. So I want you to see this, that God commanded, listen now, this widow woman to give something when she only had little. So now, let me just use your imagination. I'm so happy this lady did not have a carnal or unbelieving girlfriend. I, I can just imagine she's at the house and the phone rings. It's her girlfriend. Hey, girl, what you doing? Where are you at? I, I'm at home. What you doing? Girl, I'm about to fix this meal for me and my son. And this man of God, I only have like enough for me and my son but he asked me for some first. Girl, what? Don't be giving yourself out to nobody. Girl, you ain't got enough for him. Touch your neighbor and say, I got a friend like that. 
So that's a that's an old testament example that God asked her to do something that was part of her will and she only had a little. Let me give you a New Testament example real quick. Mark chapter 12 verse 41 in the New Living Translation it says this, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. So think about this, Jesus sat where people was giving. You know the table that you marched by, you know, growing up and, you, and, you, and people touched the table? Well, they didn't touch it, they gave something. Did y'all notice that? But Jesus was watching them do it. Can I tell you a secret? Jesus watches what we give. So Jesus watched as the crowds dropped in their money. And many rich people put in large amounts. They should. Look at your neighbor and say, are you rich? He's talking to you. Verse 42. Watch this now. Then a poor widow woman came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. So watch this now. So if giving when we only have little wasn't God's will, then Jesus would have done one or two things. He would have stopped that woman from putting those two coins in there or he would have given that lady's money back. And see, this is the lie that most people have swallowed. That when I'm struggling, I don't have to give because God understands. But the reality of the thing is, God is waiting on you to obey him so he can take the seed that you plant and turn it into surplus. And sometimes it is in our state of lack that God wants us to give so that he can release his supply. Say amen to that. So let's go back to second to first Kings 17 because it reveals our second point. Here's our second point here. We're doing good with time. Here's our second giving and receiving PowerPoint. Giving can reverse negative situations in our lives. Now let me go back to that visitor that, that visited that church because the reason I know this information is because yesterday I texted the pastor to, to, to ask him did they reach their goal. And so he was texting me and I was like, you know, I'm old school. I'd rather pick up the phone. So I just picked up the phone because I can talk faster than I can type. So I was like, I ain't doing all this typing. So I picked up the phone and this, this is why he told me this information. And so this woman, what happened? The same woman who gave that money had a son who had a AMG sports Mercedes car and this young man decided to go a hunting and something probably like 125 on the highway and he gets pulled over by the cops I got a essay question for you what you think they did to him they took him to jail oh no you're going over a hundred they 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 not even gonna pray and fast to know what they're gonna do you going down so they take him to jail. So, of course, mom bails him out. And he had a court date set. Because, you know, typically, depending on your driving record and all that, you you probably going to go to spend some jail. You won't go to prison, but you're going to spend some jail time probably. How many have done? No, don't, don't answer. <laughs> so, 
how many of my TikTok people done went to jail for some tickets? Uh, no. So, <laughs> so anyway, right after the lady gave on Monday, that week, the attorneys called and said, hey, the judge and the prosecuting attorneys got together and they decided that if your son will sell that car and get it out of his possession before his, his uh, trial date or his court date, we will drop everything. Listen, that woman's giving reversed the situation. So watch this. This woman's giving in 1 Kings 17 reversed her situation. Verse 15 in uh, 1 Kings 17 says, And so she did what Elijah said, and she and he and her son continued to eat many days. And then verse 16 is the highlight. Watch this. Read it with me. There was always... Come on, say it again. Come on, you got to say it with conviction. That That was always enough. She reversed her situation. Remember, she only had enough for her son and her to eat and she was going to die. But her giving reversed that thing. And I'm declaring over you today, what you have given in obedience to God is going to reverse some things in your life. I see lack being reversed in Jesus' name. I see favor uh, where the enemy was trying to come. I see favor reversing that thing in Jesus' name. I see right now spiritually somebody just applied for a vehicle and they turned you down. But what you gave today reversed that thing. You're going to come to church in your new car. Praise the Lord Jesus. So there are two things that happened with this woman. Number one, her giving reversed her situation and her son. But watch this now. They only had enough for that one meal, but her giving also, watch this, reversed her situation from lack to supply. Say amen to that. But I want you to notice something else that you may not have paid attention to. I want you to notice that this widow woman, watch this church, continued the giving process. See, a lot of times we get blessed, we give and we stop. No, 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 no. She continued. Everybody say she continued. She continued the giving process. You may not ever paid attention. Let's go back now and read 1 Kings 17 verses 15. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Watch what it says. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her son, read it with me, continued to eat. But many days, you say, well, Pastor, what do you mean? I don't see what she continued the sowing process. She kept feeding Elijah. She could have just fed him on that day and said, you need to get the stepping man of God. You asked for one meal, I gave it to you. You need to ask God to bring some more birds. I ain't got nothing else for you. And watch this church. Here's the problem when increase comes. Most of us believe that all of the harvest is for us. But all of your harvest is not for you. So I'm just going to give you one example of what, Pat, what, what Word of Truth Family Church does with its harvest. There's a video now that they're going to play. And this video, as they get ready, and y'all can give me a thumbs up when it's ready. This video 
is that I'm about to show is a church that we helped to get started. We helped them get planted and, uh, and so they're gonna be showing this video of these two pastors and so it's ready. So go ahead and roll the video. Hola mi gente, me llamo Terence, esta Emma, un placer verte, Word of Truth family. Joking! G'day guys, Terence and Emma, we are from History Makers Church and we moved all the way from Australia to plant a church and it's only happening because of you! That's right, Word of Truth family, we are so incredibly grateful for you. We moved here in 2019 to South Florida with four small children to plant History Makers Church and your support has um, just been the, the missing link actually and has been so incredibly helpful in helping us get our church birthed and off the ground. You know, I know your vision is to know Christ and to make him known and we just want you to know that you are certainly doing that not just there in Texas but right here in South Florida. At our first service, which we were only able to buy the equipment and get it done because of your generosity, because that happened right in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. And over 20 hands went up to say yes to Jesus because of your generosity. You guys have been supporting us monthly as well. And it's just such a blessing to know that we have the emotional support, the prayer support, uh, and the financial support of you guys blessing us to be a blessing here in South Florida. And you truly are making an epic and an eternal difference. Yeah, so we started with monthly pop-ups, we then went to bi-weekly pop-ups at night services, renting off another church, courses for the community, and then six weeks ago, we finally got in a Sunday morning venue, a local high school here, and launched weekly morning services, and uh, it's just been amazing. We have not had a service in the entire time that we've been up and doing services. We have not had a service where no one actually responded and accepted Jesus Christ. So that is you guys. You guys need to pat yourselves on the back. We're so incredibly grateful. It's been amazing. Yeah, our fruit is your fruit. Yeah. You're making an epic and an eternal difference here in South Florida, even with your black cousin all the way from Sydney, Australia. See, you guys didn't realize you had family all the way from there. But look, thank you so much for your generosity. We've had over 85 people in the last six weeks say yes to Jesus. Yeah. You are making Christ known. And we want to say thank you for your generosity. We love you. Word of truth. Thank you, Pastor Evan. And thank you, team. Come on, church. Come on, church. Your giving makes a difference. Now, you all didn't know this, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to purposely help you all see some of the things that's happening that you may not know. So we've been helping them for three years now, and what happened is when they planted, the, you know, the pandemic hit. So they weren't able to have church as normal. But how many know that your giving has helped them not only get sustained, but look, we're going to get credit in heaven for all those souls that got saved. Can you say amen to that? So, so now I just want you to start clapping because I'm just going to give some more names because Kathy Romero has given $1,000. Felicia Bickens has given $125. Clarence Williams has given $2,000. Mo and Janae Bennett out of Houston has given a thousand dollars. Mom, Pooh Bear, and uh, Mom Bear, Papa Bear, and Pooh Bear—that means anonymous—has given three thousand dollars. Steve and Eunice Dillinger have given five thousand dollars. They in the house today, praise the Lord. Sandra Harrington, listen to this number: seven, seven, seven. Point seven seven. 
$777.77. Only Sandra Harrington can do that. Mother Connor in the house gave $2,260. Jeffrey Peoples has given $500. Tamara Bennett has given $200. Michelle Bell, Dr. Bell has given $1,000. Jimmy Stacy and Joshua Wilson has given $1,000. Karen Qualls have given $500. Give the Lord a hand clap for those. So I have a take-home statement that I want to give you. We're almost done here. I hope. I don't know where they are back there, but I'm almost done up here. So here's a take-home statement that I want you to think about. Your next season is determined by your current seed. I'm going to say that again. I want you to think about it. Your current, your next season is determined by your current seed. In other words, when a farmer puts seed in the ground, it's his current seed that is determining his next season and this is why people have dry spells financially because what happens is they start eating the seed and instead of continually to sow the seed and the problem a lot of times is that sometimes listen church your current need might make you eat your seed and this is why you have to believe this type of message from the heart and not from the head because your head will tell you to calculate the facts. Say amen to that. And the moment we get a revelation that giving is good and we exercise it, listen, you will never have a need that your seed can't supply. And one of the biggest lies, touch your neighbor and say, he's about to give you a big lie right here. If you're watching me, one of the biggest lies about giving is this. When I get a lot, I'll give a lot. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, they're going to put it up there. See, a lot of people, the reason why they haven't started giving in their small state is because they think they don't have enough to give, not realizing that God is measuring your current state to determine if he should graduate you to the next state. And so what they do, they say, oh, I'm just going to wait till my ship come in and then I'll give then. That, listen, that's a lie. I'm going to show it to you here. It says in Mark chapter 10, verse 17, it says, and when he... Jesus was gone forth into the way there came running and kneeling unto him uh, someone who said uh, good master what shall I do to inherit eternal life and Jesus said to him why are you calling me good there is none good but one and that is God he says you know the commandments okay let's just stop right there because that means Jesus had to know this kid or this cat he had to know him because he says you know the commandments well how, how does he know he know the commandments maybe they went to elementary school together I don't know but he says, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor your father and mother. And he answered to Jesus and said, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him and said unto him, he says, one thing that you are lacking. Watch this church. He says, go your way and do what? Sell whatever you have and then do what with it? Give it to the poor, and then you shall have treasure in heaven. And then he says, and then I want you to come and take up your cross and follow me. And watch verse 22. And he was sad at that saying, and he went away what? Greed. Why? 
Okay, so if me having an abundance of money is the thing that will motivate me to give, why didn't that dude do it? See, the lie is, oh, when I get a lot, I'll give. No, 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 no. That's actually a lie. No, no, it starts with where you are. And this young man, watch this, he was grieved because it says he had great possessions. I'm going to say it like this, great possessions had him. Now, let me point something else out. Uh, uh, Pastor Polo said, Pastor, I think it would be good to talk about, like, giver's remorse. So I had to start asking myself, Lord, where where is somebody in the Bible that grieved? See, the Bible says here that he went away grieved. Now, grief only happens when loss takes place. Are y'all with me? So this guy, watch this now, this guy saw giving as a loss and not a gain. In other words, grief says that I am, what, that what I am giving, it will never benefit me again. And so this is why sometimes people have giver's remorse. But listen, regret can only take place when I believe God's supply for my future will never be as good as what it was in my past. I'm going to say that again. See, regret only comes and takes place when you and I believe that God's supply for our future will never be as good as it was in our past. So here's a take-home statement that I want to give you. Regret will never happen when the promises of giving are remembered. I'm going to say it again. Regret will never happen when the promises of giving are remembered. See, I know this young man. He knew the scriptures. Proverbs 19 verse 17 says this. He that has pity. Remember now, Jesus told him to give to the poor. That's what he told him. So listen to what Proverbs 19 17 says. He that has pity on the poor lends unto the Lord. And that which he has given will he pay him again. Listen to the living Bible translation of that verse. When you help the poor. You are lending to the Lord and he pays wonderful interest on your loan. See, that young man was missing out on an opportunity to give. And, and, and just kind of, can, can I take this? As, now, this is for the deeper people. Touch your neighbor and say, this is for deeper people. Because, see, some people say, well, God will never ask you to give all of what you got. He asked that young man that. He asked him to give it all. Now, I only had God to do that to me once. And I don't ever want him to do that again. <laughs> no, it was, it, was a, it was a very different situation. He asked me to give everything. And this is back in the day before we had electronic giving. You had to call on a telephone, put in your account information, and then go and delete every check, you know. They give you the check, um, the check number, and then the amount, and then you cross it out in your in your ledger. See, I I wasn't disciplined to write it all in the ledger, so so I had to go. Watch this now. He told me to do this in a service one time. I ain't asking you to do this. I'm just saying what he told me to do. So he says, I want you to give it. So I had to go and add up everything because I didn't want the check to bounce. In the name of God, told me. So I, you know, I went in, I added up all what was in my checking account, and then I added up all that was in my savings account, and uh, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I know God loves a cheerful giver, but he don't hate an uncheerful one, because I did not write that check with cheer. I wrote it with nervousness. I bet whoever saw that check probably had a hard time understanding
So I wrote it. So after service, a member of that church comes to me and says, Elder Evan, God spoke to me and told me to give you this check. And it was for $20. It might as well have been for $2,000 because I was broke. And I looked at her. I said, you know what? You heard from God today. So I took that $20. And, and that day my pastor was preaching somewhere else out of town. So I ain't time to go home and cook and all that. So it's like, okay, we, we, I'm going to take this check and I'm going to deposit it on Monday because they didn't have deposits in the ATM at this time. So I, I, I said, I'm going to deposit this check on Monday. But I already got money in the bank on the check that I wrote. But I'm going to beat that check to the bank. Come on, y'all know about that. Floating money like you, Muhammad Ali or somebody. So I wrote the check. I mean, uh, I went to an ATM. And so I knew I was going to have to pay tithe off of that $20. So I did not go and take $20 out. I went to the ATM machine, and I punched in $10. But $20 came out. I was like, whoa. So I was like, well, maybe I punched in the wrong number. So I looked at the receipt. You know, I said, give me my receipt back. And it said, you punched in 10. And when I saw the 20... was like the Lord is good I got in the car and I I was like wow I punched in 10 and 20 came out then I I had another thought I wonder will that do it again so I went back into the store again put in my card I punched in another 10 and 20 came out I was like, God is good. I punched in another 10. 20 came out. I kept punching. Punch, punch, punch. Boy, I had a whole lot of money before I left that day. And I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back Monday when I deposit that check. I'm going to take out the 10 that I took out. I'm going to put it back. But the 10, that, the extra 10 that came out, I'm going to keep it. I mean, how are you going to explain that? Look, watch this. Let me show you how rare that is. Let me show you how rare that is. Because see, some of y'all judging me right now. Yeah, he ain't no man of God. He's stealing. Ah, he shouldn't have done that. Let me show you how rare that was. Raise your hand in this house and you go to the, the, the people that are online. If that has happened to you where you punched in a number and more money came out than what you punched, raise your hand. One, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten people out of five, six, seven, hundred people. You know why it happened to them? Because they got Pastor Evans anointing on them. Oh, what we got? Oh! Come on, we had two hundred. Two hundred.
7,500. Peter Alfred, 170. Emily Pollard, 100. Come on, y'all got to clap. Y'all got to clap. Nicole Davis Clark, 500. David Coble, 4,000. Sandra Jefferson, 100. Brenda Wash Fisher. I don't know if this is right, but I think so. $1,000. Ruby Belcher, $1,000. Tamara Bennett, $100. Alicia McElroy, $1,100. Fred Frieda Washington, $500. Antonio Moore, $5,022. Lee Elder, $500. Vivian Morgan, $125. Tamara Berry, $222. Sarah Connor, 500. You better so, girl. Cindy. <laughs> Come on now. We good ground either way it goes. Oh, 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 wow. Wow. Okay, let me hear him read this one. Cindy Bushman. They didn't put Cindy's number uh, amount on here, but her name's on here. Uh, Keith Shaw, 200. <laughs> Tajana Sanders, 1,000. Cyrus Wynn, 2,354. Shirley Wadley, 300. Frieda Gimblet, 2,000. John Kinsley, 3,000. Okay. All right. So let me make my last point. Let me make my last point. I know we, we, we eight minutes over, but we okay. See, you know, sometimes you have to take your Presbyterian hat off. How many grew up Presbyterian, 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 anybody? That's all? One? Two? That's all? Mother Connor? Three? Wow. You're talking about minorities. Your seeds, here's point number three. Your seeds of expectation give birth to manifestation. See, the reason I'm teaching is to birth a new expectation. Because, see, that's what faith is. The Living Bible of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. Everybody say, that's expectation. And then it says, it is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us. Everybody say, that's manifestation. And then it says, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Listen. When we give, when we plant, it gives every sower, listen church, the justifiable right to expect to reap. When a sower puts seed in the ground, he expects to reap from that because if he didn't, he would never go back and look forward. So I'm saying to you today, let this birth expectation, that seed you put in the ground, it didn't leave your life, even though it might have left your hand. Do like that farmer does and go and look. And you say, well, Pastor Edmund, I don't see something. The, even Elijah, when you read before that, he had declared it was going to rain. He told his servant, go out there and look for the rain. Did you see any clouds? The, the servant went out there and looked. He didn't see nothing. He came back. He says, I didn't see anything. You know what he told him to do? He says, go back seven times. He said, go back seven times. And finally, when he went back on the seventh time, the Bible says he saw a cloud about the size of a man's hand. So when, when you start, when you leave today, start looking for that harvest. And when you don't see it, don't say, I don't see nothing. 
No, that's what the servant said. You got to have the eyes that Elijah had and say, oh, I see it. Once that widow gave, it gave her the justifiable right to expect manifestation. Say amen to that. And here is something about giving that most people don't understand. You not only reap what you sowed, watch this, but you will also reap grace that abounds and grows. I'm going to say that again. You not only reap what you sowed, but you will also reap grace that abounds and grows. I'm going to close with this one. Uh, if you just look in 1 Corinthians, uh, I didn't give you all this, but put 1 Corinthians chapter 9 up there, verses 6, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 6. And uh, I'm going to read it uh, at when they put it up, 1 Corinthians 9 and 6. Because uh, what's interesting about this verse that I'm going to tell you right now is, that, is, it, is it this. People don't realize that giving doesn't just return to you what you gave. See, when a farmer gives and he puts strawberry seeds in the ground, he knows to expect strawberries. But see, in the kingdom, everybody say in the kingdom. In the kingdom, not only what you sow comes back, but the Bible tells us that grace comes back. Everybody say grace comes back. So uh, they're going to put up 2 Corinthians 9. Uh, uh, is it up there yet? 2 Corinthians 9. All right, all right, all right. Let me see here. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9. All right. Hold on for a minute. I'm going to try to put it on my thing so I won't, so I won't be looking down. Well, I'm going to have to look down anyway. Okay. Is it up there? Okay, good. Here we go. But this I say, he who sows what? Shall reap how? Sparingly. And he who sows what? Shall reap how? It says every man according. Switch it. See, I know it by heart, but, but I want y'all to see it. It says, so let each one of us, as he purposes where, church? In his heart, do what? <laughs> Come on, let's keep reading. Read it again. One more time, church. Well, what does grace abounding toward us look like? Keep reading. So giving causes grace to abound toward me. You say, well, Pastor Evan, what is grace? I'm closing right here. What is grace? When you look that word grace up, it's the Greek word charis, which is where we get the word charisma from. Now, I'm going to show you this word charis in two different scenarios so you can get a picture of when he says grace is going to abound towards you. Uh, put up Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Uh, I'm doing this on the fly. Okay, so they, they, they back there. They, but they doing good. Come on, give our media department a big hand clap. <laughs> Luke chapter 1, verse 30. I want you to use the King James Version uh, of that verse. And uh, this is when Mary... The angel came to her and uh, approached her about having Jesus. And so uh, they put it up there yet? Okay, we're going to wait. All right. First, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 30. 
And when, when this angel came to Mary, he says something to her. Let's read it together. Here we go. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found She found what? She found what? And who did she find it with? See that word favor? It's the same word charis. So when he said he's going to cause all grace to abound toward us, he's saying, I'm going to cause favor to abound in your life. And see, favor will do things for you that your money can't do. That's what happened when that woman who was visiting that church, she gave. And when she gave, favor hit her and her son, watch this, ended up not going to jail because her seed produced some favor in her life. Let me give you one more. Luke chapter 2. This is the last one, I hope. I don't know where they are in the process, but uh, Luke chapter 2, look in verse 52. We're going to see this word charis again. It was translated grace in 1 Corinthians 9. It was translated favor in Luke. Let's look Luke chapter 2 now, verse 52. And we're closing with this. And then I have a discovery for you. Everybody say a discovery. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Uh, it says... And Jesus increased in what, church? In wisdom. He increased in what else? Stature. And what else did he increase in? In favor. That's that word, grace. But watch this. He increased in grace or favor with who? Listen, I'm telling you, when you give, God will cause... Listen what that verse says. Go back to, go, go back to our original 1 Corinthians 9. He says he will cause all favor. Watch this. To abound towards you. And when it abounds, he says, you'll always have all sufficiency. Listen, if lack starts to try to come, you need to point the devil back to your seed day. Amen. So I'm closing with this. This is, this is a discovery. So something happened to that widow woman. Uh, thank y'all. Go, go back to 1 Kings 17. Let's close with this. Close with this. I said I was closing, but, you know, I'm a pastor. I get two closes. I get two. I get two. This is, this is number two. Uh, go, go to 1 Corinthians. Uh, I mean, 1 Kings 17. First, so let me explain something. So I have been listening to this story for probably three or four weeks. Don't just read the Bible. Get your Bible out, app out and just play it so you can hear. How does faith come, church? Faith does not come by reading. Faith comes by. Reading produces comprehension. That's good. And it can produce insight and revelation, but man, faith comes by hearing. So anyway, I've been listening to this story and something happened at the end of the chapter. So I'm going to read what happened because this lady said something that I thought was crazy. So 1 Corinthians, I mean 1 Kings chapter 17 we're going to start in verse 16, which is what we've read already. And then verse 17 starts a new part of the story. And the barrel of meal did not end. Neither did the crucible fail according to the word which he spake by Elijah. Uh, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. So who gave this woman a word of the Lord? Elijah did about the food and the oil. So then verse 17 says, And it came to pass after these things, that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, he got sick. And his sickness was so bad that there was no breath left in him. Everybody say, he died. 
He died. Verse 18. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come unto me to call my sins to remembrance and to slay my son? That sounds like regret. Wait a minute. She's regretting that he came. But her son would have already been dead. Watch this. So he took him out of her bosom, carried him up to the loft where he abode, laid him on his own bed, and he cried and says, Lord, my Lord, you've also, uh, uh, have you brought evil upon this widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and, and, and uh, said, Oh, my Lord, I pray, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child, he brought him down to the chamber of the house, and he delivered the child to his mother. And Elijah said, Your son lives. Watch verse 24. This, this, I could not understand why this lady said this. And the woman said to Elijah, what's the next word? Now. She says, now, by this, by what? By you raising my son from the dead. Now, by this, I know that you are a man of God. Really? And now I know that the word of the Lord is in your mouth. Really? That word that he gave her saved her and her son's life. Her son would have died way before now had it not been, watch this, for the word of the Lord that the, that the Lord gave Elijah for this woman. Why did this widow woman say this after her son was raised from the dead? When she knew at that point that Elijah had given her a word that saved her life. I asked the Lord, I said, what, Lord, what, what, why did this lady think like that? And he told me why. And he told me why, because most of us think that way. This lady thought that way. Because like most people, she was blind to the fact that giving could save her life. Think about this. Her giving saved her life. Watch this now. A miracle saved her son's life, but her giving saved their life. And see, sometimes you don't know where your life is going to go. And just like that woman, she was blind to the fact that her giving saved her because had she not obeyed the man of God, what would have happened? She would have aided and died, but her giving saved her life. And I'm here to declare over you today, your giving's going to change and save your life. So I'm going to do a prayer. I, uh, I did a prayer that I want to pray over you today. So if you're here in the house, uh, stand up. Stand up right there at your feet. Stand up. I'm going to pray over you, and then I'm gonna, we're going to do a declaration together. If you would, just bow your heads. If you're watching me right now, just bow your heads right there where you are. Father, thank you for being such a good, good father. You know everybody's situation who's watching and who's attending here today. And I pray in the name of Jesus that your word will become active in our lives because we've given. Because 
You said more of what we sowed would come back to us in ways and in quantities that we could not imagine. And so I pray that you will cause the favor of God and man to begin to flow into our lives like we've never seen. And I thank you for using men and women and entities and families and organizations and strangers to even be a blessing to us. Cause the grace and favor of God to abound toward us as your word says. And I pray that our giving today will set in motion the natural and the supernatural things of God. Begin to reverse some things, change some things, and even rearrange some things that the enemy's trying to use. And we declare today that you're working things together for our good. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say amen. So I want you to confess this after me. Say, I declare my best financial days are ahead of me. I declare that my giving has set in motion the supernatural. I declare that reports are being reversed. Negative financial situations are being reversed. Seen and unseen situations that are bad are being reversed. And God is working things in my favor right now. I declare that if any brook dries up, God has already commanded someone else to sustain me in Jesus' name. And I declare that I always have more than enough for me, my family, for God's kingdom, and for others in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you declare that and believe that. So listen, be seated. I'm just going to make sure that there's nobody here that needs salvation or somebody who's watching me that needs salvation and then we're going to dismiss. And then uh, we'll figure out how to, we'll email or I tell you what, we'll text everybody the total. Because it looks like maybe they got a million back there and they're trying to count it. I don't know. But but, but we're going to go with what we got. Amen? Uh, So if you're watching me today, or if you're here in the house, if if you would just bow your head, I believe there are some people that need to make a decision.